Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Hi, Payne and Pendergast. Good to be with you uh, on a Tuesday. Appreciate you tuning in. Uh, Peter King, calling it quits, hanging it up. He's retiring, but it, it would appear that it might be a... Uh, McLean style retirement retirement but he's going to be doing other things how long does it take Peter King to realize he really enjoys being Peter King you know hmm. like he yeah because uh usually like in other industries you retire and then you become a consultant mm-hmm. I don't know if you can consult people on being Peter King yeah I think that's he... uh, yeah there's a sort of like John McClain was like the Houston version of Peter King where John McClain would walk around and everybody would recognize him and he's uh, kind of like uh, just people would people would tell him things just because he was John McClain and likewise I think Peter King is that guy in a lot of national NFL circles uh where yeah he's just he, he's the head honcho it's very in intoxicating you know the attention yeah. is very intoxicating I'm just I'm curious until uh, how long until Peter King pops back up again his his column he seems to be very, very excited, and I understand this feeling too, because um, you know you and I work Sundays during the season, so we don't get um, we don't get a ton of Sundays where we're just you know just wake up in the morning and you're just all in spectator mode. But Peter King is very excited to just sit down and watch Red Zone all day and consume football that way. Like he doesn't watch football on TV very much because he's at these games yeah. or he's at a game, you know. Right, right, right. So he's yeah. excited, and I understand that. That's how I consume the the rare Sunday that I get to sit and watch football. I do I do Red Zone. I just sit and watch so, Red so Zone. So you're saying so he's saying right now that he's excited that he's going to be able to watch Red Zone. Yeah, but yeah. You think you think that like, ah, after a while he's going to miss the excitement of being at the game. I do. You know, I like, do. After the playoff game, was it after the indie game or the playoff game? It was after the Browns game that he interviewed C.J. Stroud. I believe so. Yeah. 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 He was in the, yeah. Cause he was in the hallway. That's There's right. that picture of him talking to him in the hallway. Yeah. Um, so he gets to go to a lot of stuff like that. You think he's going to start to get a little fidgety. I do. Watching. I, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I do. I do. I mean, you know, his kids are out of the house, empty nester, you know, with his, his wife, his wife may not want him around as much. You know, that happens. That's now. true. 
You right? got to consider that. Yeah. It's a big change all of a sudden. You're around for both each of you. other all the time now. If you're somebody that works a lot, and especially if you travel a lot, and your wife kind of has her own thing going, and, yeah. you know, she's, she's got her independence, and all of a sudden you're there every day. I, I, yes. Probably because more likely than not, a little bit depressed, because that's. That happens after a change sometimes. Yes. It's like you're dealing with your mopey ass around the house all day. She doesn't want that. I, I hate to break it to Peter King, but there's at least like a 55% chance that when he came into his wife and said, hey, honey, I've made the decision. I'm retiring. She was like, yeah. oh, great. Okay. We got to have a plan. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh, So you're going to be here all the time now, huh? Yeah. Sweet. Um, I think there's like a coin flip chance. She, she's like, oh, man. Um, I'm just kidding, Peter. Uh, so his favorite game, he, he, he had a couple superlatives here in his swan song column, Seth. His favorite game he ever went to is probably one that many of our listeners are going to want to forget. Favorite game he ever went to. Game of my career, he says. January 3rd, 1993. Oh, Buff- it's bogus. Buffalo 41. Ah. Oilers 38. He says this. Fraudulent. The things you remember, it's 28-3 at halftime, and two Houston media guys use the landline next to me in the press box, no cell phones in those days, to make non-refundable plane reservations for the playoff game in Pittsburgh the next weekend. <laughs> so, two Houston media guys. Yeah. Um, I texted McLean yesterday. And he confirmed, in fact, I should have forwarded, he actually left me a voicemail about this. I should forward the voicemail to Ben and he can play it. He laid the whole story out in voicemail, but just, uh, it was McLean, he said it was actually three of us. McLean, Ed Fowler, former lead columnist at the Chronicle, and Dale Robertson. Oh. They all got on the horn when it it was after Bubba McDowell's pick six to make it 35-3 to start the second half. It was 28-3 at the half. Bubba McDowell got a pick six off Frank Reich to open the second half, and that's where they went to the landline. And apparently Chip, I think Chip Namius was the media relations guy at the time. He's was like, hey, guys, um, maybe slow down on this a little bit. I know it's 35-3, to but, boy, if they came back, this would be uh, a bad look. Nope. Got to make our reservations. That sounds, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's not like that was coming out of their own pockets or anything. That was uh, that, that was their their respective no they had, they had a big enough things. budget where they could buy non refundable tickets. Be like, ah, yeah, that's a, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, that was a mistake. It was an indication of just how big an upset it was. But I feel like those those guys did just fine. They made out all right. Yeah, they were okay. Yeah, they, yeah John didn't have to pay for it or anything. Or like that. Thirty years later. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, so yeah. So it was confirmed. It was McLean, Ed Fowler, and um, and Dale Robinson. Yeah, that, I remember. That. I remember watching it because I had to go work on the. Uh, I had to go work that day, and I was at my girlfriend's house, and my uh, stepfather was watching the game. He was a Bills fan, and uh, and and he was. I, I remember being kind of like disappointed in him. I think ultimately this is what broke the relationship up. <laughs> after that, after that, after that score. He was like, "Ah, oh, you might as well go to work now. There's, there's no way in hell they're pulling back from this." And I was kind of like, "I don't, I don't know, sir." This well, he's like, "Ah," and you know, I wanted to respect my elders, so I, I left, and uh, and then I and uh, I missed the end of that football game. And you despised him game. every minute after that. Yeah, yeah. I he... dumped his, I dumped his stepdaughter, <laughs> and I said, and I told her, I said, "You remember this because of Bruce, mm-hmm. not Bruce Smith." 
Well, actually, you know what? His, his name, and it wasn't because of him. His name actually was Bruce Smith. No too. way. And he lived, in, <laughs> and he lived near I, Buffalo. I'd forgotten that completely until I just said because of Bruce, not Bruce Smith. Oh, wait. No way. His name was Bruce Smith. Dude, that's yeah. funny. That's funny. It wasn't the Bruce Smith, though. I wasn't dating Bruce Smith's daughter. Okay, so, um, so Peter King also has freezing idiotic takes. He has the five worst predictions that he made in his four decades of writing the Monday morning quarterback column. Okay. Now, you got to tell me, are these worse than predicting that Brooks Reed would be defensive player of the year? <laughs> that was in, a hell of a prediction. In 2012. <laughs> he did. Based on, based on Brooks Reed, he didn't base that on any like of actually Brooks Reed's previous performances or anything other than in the playoffs that year. Because Brooks and Connor went on a run. They did. And, and they, were, they were kicking butt and taking names. And obviously, J.J. was coming into emergence, too. But the thing that made it worse was that that was the year that J.J. ended up getting defensive MVP. He picked so, the wrong yeah. second-year Texans defensive player to win rookie, yeah. to win defensive player of the year crazy all right so are these predictions worse than that one 2003 he's at a fantasy football convention in red wing minnesota and he said quote if you can't get one of the stud quarterbacks in this draft manning Favre, warner gannon solve your running back and receiver needs and then pick up danny werfel of washington (laughs) (laughs) one guy in the audience didn't let me get away with that wisdom you're smoking crack he yelled (laughs) I remember that because we got drafted the same year, Danny Werfel and I did. Yep. And I remember I was uh, working out at this pre-combine training place in New Orleans, Tom Shaw. And I was there. There were a few guys there that were SEC guys. I can't remember what schools they were from. But they were talking about Danny Werfel. <laughs> They're like, oh, no. <laughs> no like, they got some badass receivers there. But, like, no. Yeah. Not Danny Werfel, man. Well, not this guy. And that yeah. Spurrier offense where you're basically just throwing it, you're lobbing it into space and letting super fast dudes run underneath it. It's, yeah. Okay, yeah. well, that's, and that's why Spurrier was the coach in Washington in 2003. So, so Peter King was buying into that, that bit of hype that, uh, that Werfel would find himself he- at the NFL level. Yeah, well, he was he was saying that the, like he was predicting not that he would get drafted in the first round or anything, but that he was going to be a good NFL. That he would that okay. he would be a good sleeper fantasy pickup playing for Spurrier. Oh, for dynasty stuff, for, yeah, yeah, okay, for, gotcha. for fantasy gotcha. football, gotcha. yeah, he'd put yeah. up big numbers. 2010, Peter King wrote, "You want the next face of the NFL? It's Cortland Finnegan." End quote. <laughs> From the moment of that prediction, the Tennessee cornerback never made a Pro Bowl or an All Pro team and had seven interceptions in his last six seasons. I would also say Peter King left out, got his ass kicked by Andre Johnson that year as well in 2010. It's what he'll be most remembered for. Yes. I mean, it's occurring to me now that in his nice long farewell column where I'm sure he's not you know, trying to be too hot takey or anything, he is completely dragging these dudes, uh, <laughs> dragging them under the bus hardcore. Worst prediction ever. Danny Werfel, uh, so far. Cortland Finnegan. And Cortland Finnegan. Who, these, else, who, else, who else is he now declaring basically the biggest disappointment? This is a good one. Played? This is 1997. Bill Tobin was the GM in charge of the Colts uh, yeah. at the time. He ended up getting fired for Bill Polian. But he wrote, if Bill Tobin remains in charge of the Colts draft in 1998, I wouldn't be a bit surprised. Keep in mind, 1998 is the Peyton Manning draft. I wouldn't be a bit surprised if they take Andre Wadsworth with the first pick and let Paul Justin and Jim Harbaugh battle it out at QB next summer in training camp, end quote. (laughs) He says, new GM Bill Polian did not listen to my advice, took a guy named Manning instead. 
Yeah. Andre Watts. Harbaugh was I thought there was a little bit of a gap between Harbaugh and Manning. They're, well, they they, cro- they uh Harbaugh they let Harbaugh go once they drafted Manning. Harbaugh went to Right, right. No, but I, yeah, but they butted right up against each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought I thought he had been gone for a year or two. You'll like this one. It involves a former teammate of yours. These are Peter King bad predictions. Are these worse predictions than saying Brooks Reed would be defensive player of the year? Oh, this will be Mark Brunel. I bet he, I bet he said Mark Brunel was going to be better than Favre. No, no, no. This actually, um, I say former teammate of yours with air quotes around it. Uh, 2004, quote, I think the Cowboys got a great deal in Drew Henson. Oh. <laughs> he wrote after Dallas traded a third-round pick to Houston for Henson and signed the former Michigan to an eight-year contract. With $3.4 million guaranteed, pretty good in those days, Henson threw a total of 98 NFL passes and started one game in the league. It's one of the more underrated moves in general manager history, honestly. Charlie Casserly drafted Drew Henson knowing that Jerry was going to be an idiot for Drew Henson and ended up, so took a, drafted him. And, well, what was the exact sequence? Uh, the-, the Well, Henson, Henson was drafted by the Texans, traded for a third-round pick to Dallas in 2004. Right. But what was he? Tra- how? Would, uh, what did they draft him with? Uh, the Texans. Good question. Um, I, I. It was lower. It was lower than a third. It was like a, it was like a sixth it, or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. So like, uh, Castle never actually liked Drew Henson. He knew that Jerry was going to be an idiot and uh, in trade for him. So he he swapped the six for a third for a guy he didn't even like. Uh, there was it was a pretty damn impressive move by Charlie. Yeah, Castle. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, why does uh? Why? Why does the uh, the website? Oh, I'm on Drew Henson's baseball profile. Screw you, internet. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it was a six round pick. I'll, I'll I'll look it up. But you're right. He no, it, it was like a stock. Yeah. He bought it as a sixth and sold it as a third, kind of thing. Yeah. So um, I no, I remember that really well. It was a sixth round because I was having an argument with a teammate trying to maintain my composure as he as he argued that it was actually a bad move because. Why, Sean? Look at what the Patriots oh, did Tom Brady. sixth round. Yeah, Tom Brady. Yeah, yeah. pick one. No, that, would, that wouldn't have been it because by 2003, oh, yeah, yeah that was it. That yeah, was the Brady, argument exactly. Yeah, yeah. Brady, Brady so that it was a dumb move for him to trade a sixth rounder for a, a sixth round pick for a third round mm, pick. Mm, yeah. mm, mm. Um, all right, last one here. Uh, 2008, Peter King says, I picked Jacksonville quarterback David Garrard second in my preseason MVP voting. Gerard was close. He went five and eleven and was the league's twenty second rated passer in 08. <laughs> you know the thing about Gerard was that he was that classic guy that when he was not the man, yeah. he was really really impressive. Yeah, he was only good when he came in as the backup or if it was like in competition or something. But as soon as they would proclaim him the guy, it was just he just fell apart or he didn't fall apart. He just he didn't play the same level and it rose above. It wasn't just that. Okay, well teams don't have film on him or anything. It was a it was a weird dynamic with Gerard. Yep. I give the Jaguars a pass for for whiffing on Gerard. I don't give Peter King a pass for putting him second on his MVP preseason ballot though. That that might be worse than Brooks Reed defensive player of the year. Might be. I don't know. I don't know. You know what though? On those, he's kind of making those are like bold. With those predictions, he's kind of doing like the bold predictions where you just throw something out there that's very unlikely to be true. You know it's going to suck, but if it does happen to come true, you will wear it like a championship belt for the rest of your life. Oh, yeah. Yeah, everybody gives yeah. you a pass. All right, so, Ben, we, I sent you the voicemail. We got the voicemail. All right, here's McLean recounting the story of how he, Dale Robertson, and Ed Fowler jinxed 
jinxed the Oilers back in 1993. Hey, Dylan, Sean. The story that Peter was talking about, so start of the third quarter, um, me and Dale Robinson and Ed Fowler, there were three of us, were going to make our reservations for Pittsburgh. Chip Nanny is the PR guy, said, do not do it. You're going to, you jinx us. So we didn't. And when Bubba McDowell had his interception to make it 35 to 3, I looked back at Chip. He says, okay, go ahead. So we went back. Peter said two is actually three, but uh, Ed and I are the ones that did it first. And we went back and made our reservations. And then the next year when they were, they were up by 10 on Kansas City in Houston at the divisional round, and we were going to go make our reservations to Buffalo. And Chip said, if you guys attempt to make your reservation for Buffalo, I'll have you guys ejected from the press box. And it didn't matter. We didn't. And then they blew that one, too. <laughs> Hope you're doing well. <laughs> Thanks, John. I'm doing well. I hope you're doing well, too. I ended up talking to John, too. I called him after that. <laughs> uh, okay, see, that makes it more – the fact that they were warned not to do it, uh, did it anyway, and then it was indeed the jinx that, yeah. that screwed over the Oilers. You guys can thank, you guys can thank John McClain and Dale Robertson and Ed Fowler for that. All these Basically years for the reason the Oilers ever left. Yep. That's uh, <laughs> that those guys couldn't couldn't wait to go spend money that they didn't have to. Like I don't know why why were they so eager to buy the ticket immediately? Maybe Did they figured there was gonna be a there was gonna be a like a, dude a, a, tickets were gonna run out from Houston buying tickets at the end of the game. Back then, those guys yeah. probably got to fly first class because it was like an oh, unlimited they to be budget. Sure they, make yeah, sure they you get to be make sure, sure you, lock down the first yeah class get seat. that open bar. Yeah. Get that nice uh, chicken pot pie or whatever they're serving you on the flight for sure. I can't, I can't blame them there. Yeah. This was uh, Charlie Casserly after they drafted Drew Henson mm. in 2003. Remember at the time, Drew Henson was not going to play football. He's uh, committed to sucking at baseball. He's like, I don't care how long I'm going to suck at baseball. I'm going to keep <laughs> sucking at baseball. Yes. Charlie Casserly said, I mean, why not? Given where we were, you never know what might happen. We own his rights for a year and our attitude was, hey, let's see what happens. And we felt it was worth making the move. <laughs> you didn't say the word "see" enough times. He'll just make, making the move. See, <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't say "see" like no. That's actually more like he's got the. I wasn't doing the old time accent. Charlie Castle's accent is like an old time accent. Oh, I thought he. Used to, I thought he mixed in the word "see" a lot when he said. Oh, stuff. he probably did. Okay, yeah. no, you're, you're the expert. Thought, on that, I thought so. he did. Um, Payne and Pendergast with you. All right, um, fun, fun little trip down memory lane there. Thank you, Peter King. We appreciate that. Man, the Cam Newton video was popping over the weekend. Um, I don't believe Cam has spoken about. If you missed it, Cam Newton got into a brawl with some coaches, as it turns out, at a seven-on-seven tournament that Cam puts on. Um, the coaches that got into the fight with Cam have spoken out. So we'll get one side of Camgate. Who's the victim here? That's what we're going to ask. That's what we're going we're gonna to ask, and we're going to hopefully answer. And we're giving away rodeo tickets, major laser tickets in the next segment as well. Stay there. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. I would say, Seth, Cam Newton is uh, Michael Jackson there underneath. I like it. Uh, Cam Newton is one of the more visible retired players. Right? Is he officially retired yet? By the way, has he turned in the paperwork? He always seems I would to. Say it's, we're about ten years away from that, but uh, before he's officially retired, I mean, you can turn in the paperwork and still come back and play. Sure, it's just you're only allowed to. You get a at least a, they may have changed this. You get a certain amount per season when you retire. You get a retirement payout. Yeah. Um, but once you file those papers, like okay, then if you go back and play two more years then you don't get two more years of retirement pay after that. Gotcha. It's a little bit of like, oh, okay, all right, I'm going to take this check for – it's a good amount Um, now because I'm definitely done. Yeah. So he could have filed that but then still come back and play. He's functionally retired though, right? I don't think he's going to come back and play any more football. He's he's got his podcast that he seems to devote a certain amount of time to. He's got the seven-on-seven league that you you see – Various clips from this every year of him in seven-on-seven tournaments and whatnot. Um, One of those clips that we saw was him getting into this brawl with three, at least three dudes from, at the time, we knew that it was a TSP seven-on-seven team. That's a top-shelf performance team. It's one of the teams that competes at his tournaments. Um, That's what we knew of a couple days ago, that it was with those TSP guys that he was getting into this altercation. Right. The video surfaced on Sunday. And Seth yeah. mentions a seven on seven. Like Cam's a pretty visible retired player with the podcast, with all the stuff he does in the in the community in Atlanta. And the video that surfaced showed Newton seemed to show him wearing one of his custom made hats, being shoved by three people near the top of a set of steps before pushing, shoving, and grabbing, and they move towards a fence line there. So it's him and yeah. three dudes scuffling. Eventually, security steps in, a police officer steps in. And, and and breaks things up after about 30 seconds. It, it took place at the We Ball Sports Dynasty U 7-on-7 tournament at the Best Academy, B-E-S-T Is that uh, We with one E or two? Um, It is <laughs> one. Okay. <laughs> Nothing We. Really talking about like the, these, we, these We football players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it wasn't like a 7-on-7 okay. tournament of five-year-olds. No, it was at right, right. We Ball Sports. Uh, so, so the... Um, Newton doesn't appear to throw any punches in the video. He seems to be fending off three other people. 
As it yeah. turns out, these three other people were coaches involved in this seven-on-seven tournament, right, Seth? Yeah. And they've yeah. spoken now. They've spoken. They were on 105 The Beat, uh, 105.3 The Beat in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and the, uh, the DJ there was uh, talking to them, uh, g- giving them a chance to give their side of the story. The one thing to know in here, um, I think you hear a Steph referenced. Steph is just one of the three coaches that okay. they're talking about. So this is one of the coaches, two, two of the coaches explaining exactly what happened. Dan has an organization. Mm-hmm. It's not just one team. He has an organization. So it's just been a lot of trash talk, you know, from, you know, saying hit more so his side, just out of nowhere, just talking crazy to us for no reason. It's like, it's not nothing new. Like I've been around bro for five years. So mm-hmm. like this typical Cam Newton behavior. But Steph, you was right there. Yeah, so well, they he talking. was listening to the thing, so yeah, you heard yeah. him and you walked up. So, Let Steph walk up there, oh, okay. the, and as I'm know? walking up with Steph, Cam is in Steph's face. I made y'all responsible for everything y'all do, whatever. The, then he grabs Steph. Okay. So me being my little brother, and I'm walking up a flight of steps, and I see a 6'6 guy grabbing my brother. And that's the footage that everybody that's sees. That's what everybody's seeing. Okay. Like, so that was the first altercation yeah, that everybody saw. Nothing else Nobody's seeing how he was talking crazy for the past two days. Like Nobody's seen that. Okay, now that's saucy. Uh, that like Cam. So this is uh, Cam's of one who put hands. According to Steph, Cam put hands on Steph before anybody put hands on Cam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's Cam that. started and then it. Steph's brother's walking up and sees what's going on and uh, jumps in. I, as far as like nobody talking about Cam saying or talking trash or anything. I mean, I've seen a lot of various videos of this seven on seven where, where Cam's having a good time talking trash. Mm-hmm. I, at this point, I would have a, I'd have a hard time saying with what limited information I have. I have a grand total of about 90 seconds of information on this yep, show. You and me both. I've got the 45 yeah. second original video of the mm-hmm. altercation and then I've got about 45 seconds of what I just, so what's the verdict there, there judge? <laughs> I want to say that you remember I told you about how, you know, sometimes in college, like, I'd have to fight off groups of frat boys, yeah. and it was kind of funny, but that I might have been partly to blame for starting the okay, whole thing. Okay, okay. Uh, that maybe I didn't throw any punches at the beginning, but it wasn't. Yeah, that was. Uh, I think that's. I think that's a little bit. Somebody got sensitive about something at some point. That Cam said. And was it was it the Cam went too far, or was it the TSP guys top shelf performance that that did they did they did they go too far? According to Steph. Cam put hands on Steph first, so I feel like Cam's the one that got sensitive if this situation's to be believed. They, they paint a picture, not surprisingly, these TSP guys, Steph et al., um, that Cam is a double bully. Not only is he talking the trash, but he started the physical confrontation as well. Yeah, right? yeah. Right? Yeah, like, oh, you're going to – he either can dish it out but can't take it, or he just, yeah, it is. I don't know. According to these guys, it, there's a. It, to be clear, too, there's a preamble to this. The clip that I have, at least, where the one of the coaches very much says, "Like, look, we can't be doing this. I yeah. accept responsibility. It's not acceptable whatsoever." Yeah. So it wasn't like him just completely deflecting sure. all blame. I'm glad you mentioned um, that. It was just boring. So <laughs> this part, the juicy part, it's a good stuff. is that Cam. Uh, I don't know. I don't know where to go with this. If you're gonna, if you're gonna talk a lot of smack and back and forth, and especially when kids are around and egos get involved and everything, I guess if I were gonna, 
if I were going to go op-ed on this, I would say, where have we gotten to where, to where the adults scuffling with each other yeah. have become more, of an, more important and more of a spectacle than the actual competition amongst the youth? And what kind of an example are you setting for yeah. these young men? Um, Which I we, actually agree with. Do we know the frequency with which Cam Newton's podcast drops? Do we know how often he... He drops no. the pod. Okay, I'm I pulling it up right now. I feel like we would have right seen now. it already if he had responded to this. Yeah, that's what I'm waiting to see. Like, okay, the last one. He's probably one, getting ready to fight Jake Paul or something. Yeah, the la- yeah. see, the last ones he was doing were Super Bowl week. So he's taking, he's getting ready to fight Jake Paul. He's on hiatus. Cam yeah. may have stumbled into something here. Like, God, you know what? I like tossing men around. This is fun. Uh, <laughs> one against three. It um, did look, it looked like it. I thought, honestly, at first, I thought it might be staged because. There weren't a whole lot of punches thrown. No. And I think that's where I would I would say between Cam and the TSP guys, at the very least, I, I do think that things boiled over. But the fact that the three guys jumped Cam and it didn't look like they were really trying to to do him serious harm or punch him. Yeah. That Cam himself didn't seem to throw any punch. Like I, maybe it was that Cam Cam lost his if Cam, if Cam did indeed put his hands on Steph first, then it's maybe Cam the one that should be issuing an apology at some point as well. I don't know. If, if, it's, if that's the truth. Cam, I need to hear your side before I issue my verdict on all this. Boy, the players... Do you think... What's, what's your expectation? Do you think Cam... What's more likely that Cam comes out and says he was uh, the victim? Uh, a. B. Does he come out and say, look, we all got a little too heated? Um, or does he C. Come out and say, you know what? It was heated, but I did put my hands on Steph first. I think B. I would take B. B is, yeah, it got heated. It got out of control. I think the ultimate thing, ultimately, this, you know, post-career cam, which I think is a lot about image, he's going to want to make sure that he's not, he's not condoning what happened because all the kids at the seven on seven tournament, you know what I mean? Yeah. You don't want dudes just willy nilly throwing hands with each other all the time. It's one of the worst things about youth sports is the damn some of the coaches and some of the parents. It really is like oh, I, yeah. I just I don't don't contribute to that. Don't contribute to just the overbearing, over aggressive, domineering, uh, zero sportsmanship side of it, right? And I'm not sitting here like I'm not railing against bat flipping or anything like that. I'm just saying like try not to try not to get into violent altercations at your kids. That would events, be nice. Okay? Can you do that? that would Can be you nice. do that, America? Come on. Um text the one that was it Clemens that got into it with somebody at uh, one of his kids baseball games? I don't know, and I don't want to yeah. I don't want to say for sure because I like Roger. So yeah, I'm not he sure. He got No, 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 no. It wasn't it, it from the way I had heard the story, it was basically, I, I think Roger kind of tried to step in and be like, hey, what the hell are you guys doing? And it, it got, it was, it, I don't think Roger was the issue. The yeah. one that happened recently that I saw was Matt Barnes, former NBA player. I don't know if you saw yeah. this. He, so he lives in Southern California. He's got a son that plays high school basketball for like a, one of those like nice private schools that, a, you know, that a kid whose dad made. 10, 15 million a year for a few years probably goes to in Southern California. Matt Barnes came down out of the stands to basically pace the sidelines like a caged lion and yell at the referees at one of his son's basketball games. And there was a kid sitting there courtside who was doing play-by-play for the school's TV or radio station, whatever, you know, like a, you know, like a broadcaster apprenticeship thing for kids that want to study that. And the kid was saying, like, boy, Matt Barnes really needs to sit down. He really needs to get back up in the stands. And Matt Barnes could hear the kid. And Matt Barnes went over and started, like, like 
like like standing over the kid like a gargoyle, put his hand oh. on his shoulder and said, did you just tell me to get my ass back up in the stands? Like Barnes got fired from his NBC Sports Bay Area gig over this. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Because he was oh. menacing. Like he was menacing. This, How old is the kid? He's a high school kid. He's like a senior yeah. in high school. He's like 18 years old. Yeah, but some of these kids are pretty obnoxious, Sean. <laughs> the the audio surfaced. The the, yeah, the audio yeah. surfaced of this kid. Like this kid did not say anything that that should have gotten it wasn't, Matt Barnes it wasn't triggered. Great. He wasn't. He wasn't like he was trying to egg Barnes on or something. No. He was just saying like, "Man, Matt Barnes has to shut up." Or yeah, something like yeah, it. And Matt yeah. Barnes overheard it. I, I okay. think even even more respectful than that. Like he didn't even say "shut up." You know what I mean? Like yeah. Matt Barnes really needs to get. He needs to sit back down. Like he's you know probably probably from his standpoint, you're going to get your son's team a technical foul if nothing else yeah. here. You got to you got to sit down. So. Yeah, that that was that was wild. There's a good chance Matt Barnes was having an affair with that kid's mom, so we have to <laughs> always keep that in mind. Listen, listen, kid. Oh, yeah, that's right. Matt Barnes was in the whole thing with Derek. Listen, I'm Fisher. not your stepdad yet. Yeah, Matt Barnes was in that whole kerfuffle with Derek Fisher back in the day. Oh yeah, but except that it was Derek Fisher who was dating Matt Barnes' ex-wife. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah. As yeah. Derek Fisher was coaching Matt Barnes. I, well, I don't know if he was coaching Matt Barnes. Matt Barnes sure was an angry individual at the time, and apparently still is. Yeah. No, Fisher was a coach. I don't know if he's coaching Barnes. That would be awkward. <laughs> coach. Yeah. Who's your coach? My ex-wife's well, was, boyfriend. Yeah. I was part of a scenario once. Well, not, not, I wasn't a part of this, but it happened at a place a couple years before I got there where uh, uh, a head coach was having an affair with the, one of the coordinators' wives. Yeah. No. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's it was bad. Yeah. Yeah. That's rough. All right, Payne and Pendergast with you on a uh, on a Tuesday. Um, so we got D'Amico later today. We got two big things coming up around lunchtime today. Three of you count in the loop. But two big things that we need to get ready for today. And we will do that coming up next. Before we do that, though, we got to give away these major laser tickets, right, Ben? Let's ah. do it. 713 572 4610. It's a mar- March the 8th. Caller number five. Seven one three five seven two four six ten. Keep listening all day. In the loop's got a couple sets of tickets they're giving away in the eleven and the one o'clock hours. The drive is giving them away uh, twice during their show as well. Laney Wilson tickets on the drive. Major Laser tickets on uh, in the loop. So be listening all day. Seven one three five seven two four six ten. You can win right now. If you don't win now, stay tuned here to Sports Radio six ten all day long. Yeah, stay there. Two big things we got to get ready for this afternoon. Big things. Coming up next. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baseball is back. 
And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Payne and Pendergast, Sports Radio 610. All right, so um, so we got a, a very active day today for uh, Houston sports fans right around lunchtime. D'Amico Ryan's press conference at the Combine, that'll be at noon, and we are going to carry it live here on Sports Radio 610. So be listening to In the Loop if you want to hear what D'Amico has to say about phase two of the rebuild here for the Texans. Um, that, uh, then be listening at noon. Um, I'm always, always intrigued by a new set of, uh, journalists, writers, media folks getting to pepper our head coach and general manager with questions. I'm always curious what people outside of Houston are curious about. Uh, CJ Stroud will be a big topic, I'm sure, with D'Amico Ryan's today. CJ Stroud, uh, props another. There, there'll probably be at least one question about the S two cognition test uh, because uh, that's that's becoming a bit of a talking point headed into this draft. A about how badly it was botched with the handling of it last year, um, both in like leaking it to begin with. But there's nothing you can really do about. There's 16 teams that subscribe to the S two service. All it takes is one jackass at one team to leak that score for whatever reason. Um, two was the fact that everybody's backtracking now and acting like, well, we knew all along that CJ's score was invalid anyway. Like, yep. all right, sure would have been nice to the young man if that had been uh, front and center in, in the leak last year. So, yeah. like, so anyway, I think that they're going to ask him something about the S2 cognition test. They'll ask him something about Bryce Young. Especially, they'll frame it in terms of like, well, you got to play against him. What do you think went differently? I don't expect to get a juicy answer out of D'Amico Ryan's. Mm-hmm. We've, mo- we've known D'Amico long enough as a player and as a coach that he's not going to give any huge bulletin board material when it comes to something like that. Um, he'll probably say some really nice things about Bryce Young. And then I think probably there'll be a question about what was his mindset at this point last year watching the quarterback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if, right. Those will be all the CJ-related things, I think. Right, I, I right. think I think Nick for sure gets an S2 question. I don't know if D'Amico will. I think Nick for sure. That feels like a GM question, yeah. you know? Um, it, it was one of the most interesting things Nick Casario has said in any of our interviews, I thought, like that kind of got my brain working was, that, you know, not everybody subscribes to all these different analytics services. Like the S2, they're only allowed to, they limit it to two teams per division so that, you know, some team feels like they're getting a competitive advantage over the other one. <laughs> um, oh, but, that's interesting. So they, okay, so I read in that article that there's two teams per division. That's something the S2 people do yeah, as a sort yeah. of a restrictor plate. Okay. Yeah, that's to kind of keep it, to keep the information scarce, to, to yeah. create a, yeah. So and it, it should be an incentive also for those teams to not share the information because they're paying for something that a couple of their competitors yeah. are not. Yeah. So you know, and they, I'm sure they look when they leaked that score for CJ, it was just one part of the score. It wasn't the entire score yep. or anything like it was like one facet of the score. Mm-hmm. So, um, one of the things that Nick had said was that they monitor and they know what other teams use like which services other teams use so okay 
maybe the maybe in the, maybe you're in the fourth round and there's a quarterback you like, but you know that this team has like they they lean on the S two cognition test. But yeah. maybe you also know that look, this, this guy's S two cognition test sucked, and uh, we. We happen to like this kid. We don't care about the S2 cognition test. So we're expecting maybe this quarterback to fall to us. We don't feel like we need to trade up with, above that team to take this guy. There's little gamesmanship stuff like that. Yeah. My hope for today, well, my hope for tomorrow, based on what D'Amico says today, is that we get some cuts from him on some of the Texans' more prominent free agents that we can read into to see if indeed they are going to be returning to be Houston Texans next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he, cause he's not, I don't think he's going to say directly. Yeah. We're bring, like, he may, I think the most he'll give is we'd love to have this guy back or something like yeah. that. But I want to read into his tone to see just how much I think he would love to have say Steven Nelson back. I, I think you and Landry were both really good at judging Bill O'Brien's body language and tone of voice when it came to either retaining or getting rid of sometimes it he was almost like by tone of his voice saying shoo to a player when they would when he would be asked about this time of year like Kareem Jackson right no he okay that was he liked Kareem Jackson no no no, right? no oh you no. can tell that he didn't like him okay, yeah yeah uh, this is, I, that's exactly where I was going Seth this hand Tyron Matthew this in hand one, in your left hand Tyron Matthew Kareem in Jackson right. in my right okay. hand yeah and whoop, yeah. love Tyron Matthew yeah. Loved. Remember? Like, great leader. Like You're in, lifting your left hand Lifting up, my yes. left hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yep. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's true. I got, I'm, I'm too swept up in the video. <laughs> Having let a me conversation just, with me. Just put yeah. it, let me just put it. I forgot we were on the radio. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, Bill O'Brien. Do a magic really, trick for the listeners, Sean. Bill O'Brien. <laughs> watch, watch me pull this rabbit out of my butt. Um so uh, Bill O'Brien really loved Tyron Matthew and made That's what it was. made okay. it obvious that he loved yeah. him. And Kareem Jackson, he let put it this way: not a surprise. Kareem Jackson didn't get an offer from Bill O'Brien. He may as well have said meh. Yes, <laughs> he, <laughs> yes. You know, he may as well have said meh. Yeah. Okay. So good question. So when he's asked about Dalton Schultz, yep, Devin Singletary, both these guys with D'Amico and uh, and Casario. I think Casario is pretty good at doing the poker face thing. Yes, um, and give uh, he'll give like kind of a non-answer answer. Uh, D'Amico doesn't have as good a poker face, so he might show their hand with Dalton Schultz, Devin Singletary, Sheldon Rankins, John Grenard's the big one. Big one. That's the real That's big. That's the big John one. Grenard, man. It's if they don't retain John Grenard, you start thinking like, all right, man, are they gonna are they gonna go after Josh Allen? Is this like okay? Is it, they they got to be doing something, right? Um, versus if he speaks gushingly about John Grenard, then it becomes all right. I I'd, I'd like to see John Grenard back, but uh, partly because it's a it's a discount to a yeah. Josh Allen. Yep. Um, I'd really love to see Josh Allen. Don't get me wrong, but if they do sign John Grenard, I think I think he's underrated. I don't know if the rest of the league maybe believes or is caught on to him just yet. Um, but I don't want to spend you know, much more than $50 million or so for him. No. Uh, Ryan Poles, the GM of the Bears, is meeting with the media. I don't know if it's as we speak or met with them this morning. Some of the GM – there's video surfacing of a lot of these GMs. It started today. Joe, Joe Shane, the, uh, the um, Giants GM, actually said, no, the franchise tag is still on the table for Saquon Barkley. He said that about 30 minutes ago. So that contradicts some of the things that we've been hearing from some of the nugget hussies. But Ryan Poles 
said that they are getting much closer. I don't have the exact wording in front of me, but things are moving very positively with Jalen Johnson, their uh, cornerback. Now, I don't know yeah. that Jalen Johnson's on the radar for the Texans. What I do wonder is when Nick meets with the media tomorrow, will if they're getting closer with some of these guys, will he be as forthcoming as Ryan Poles? Because we know, in general, Nick Casario is not nearly as forthcoming as Ryan Poles. Well, Ryan Poles wants everybody to know just how masterful he is yes. in getting the number one overall pick. Yes. That, like, hey, not everybody not everybody is as good at sucking as we are. <laughs> Texans? Right, right. Yeah. It would stand, End up with C.J. Stroud because of it, you losers. It would stand a reason that they're, they've, they've got to be getting close to deals with at least a couple, two, three of these guys. Uh, the Texans, because they have so many of them. <laughs> you know, there's so many. There's ten starting positions that need yeah, to be filled. Yeah. Ten. That's half a football team. I'm including the specialists in that. Right. But damn near half a football team that you don't have a starter and like you don't feel great about the backups at this point with those those guys either. So yeah, um, yeah I would imagine I, they can't. It's just it's it's so hard to retain somebody once you let them go to free agency mm-hmm. and it, you're going to be then paying more. You got to pray a little bit on the uncertainty of some of these guys. I think Dalton Schultz is one of those guys. Dalton Schultz was out in free agency last year. I don't think got probably what he expected in terms of offers. Kind of went out on a wing signing with a team in the Texans that didn't yet have a quarterback. And no matter what, no matter what Casario and D'Amico were telling him in meetings, Dalton Schultz was probably reading these reports about how, I don't know, maybe the Texans don't take a <laughs> Can quarterback. Can you imagine? Dalton Schultz is just blowing up D'Amico and Nick like, what is this Schefter report that I'm reading? It says you guys are, you told me you're taking a quarterback. What the hell, man? Yeah, so I would imagine Dalton Schultz is a very strong possibility. Yeah. With that extra cap space especially, maybe they – Maybe they go ahead and um, tag him and use the use the tag on him. Yeah, but I guess uh, the the big question I the big one I'm wondering about is Stephen Nelson and what Stephen Nelson thinks his value is. Yeah, because like Stephen Nelson has already shown he he gets a little upset last year. Last year, remember we did the deep dive on it based on the timeline of what Stephen Nelson was saying about when he got upset with the Texans. It sounds like it was when Malik Collins got his extension yes. from the Texans. Yes. And Steven Nelson felt like he deserved more, and here they are giving Malik Collins a contract. He didn't talk anything bad about Malik Collins or anything, but it's the player that he was talking about that got extended at the end of minicamp would have been – that's Malik Collins was that guy. So Steven Nelson's – I don't want to say this like as a negative thing necessarily, but like his ego is up in it a little bit, mm-hmm. right? And – it's really dicey with a guy like that where you don't you don't want to give an offer that he thinks is a low ball and risk offending him and yet you certainly don't want to overpay him. So for Steven Nelson the best thing to do might be all right, let's try to we'll make we'll say really nice things about him mm-hmm. and to him, but we're going to let him test the market and find out what his fair value is. And then we can bring him back in there, and we won't have any hopefully more uh, social media jokes about right, right about my vest. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the other thing keeping an eye on at the combine, as long as we're talking about Ryan Poles, the GM in Chicago, is the Justin Fields, Caleb Williams situation in Chicago. Now, Peter King, in his final football morning in America column, as he heads into retirement, did kind of drop in here that he his expectation, Seth, is that he thinks that. He thinks that the Bears are going to keep Justin Fields and that Ryan Poles is going to try to do what he what he tried to do last year. And ultimately, he had the number one pick Poles did and traded down to nine 
yeah. um, with Carolina. But what he we know now what he wanted to do was trade from one down to two with the Texans, then trade from two down to wherever with where I guess down to nine with Carolina. Like he wanted to make two massive hauls and yeah. he may get the opportunity to to do that again. But Peter King seems to think that Justin Fields will be the week one starter in Chicago and Caleb Williams is on his way to somewhere else, not Chicago. And he did it. He presented it kind of the same way when he hinted at something happening happening with DeAndre Hopkins a few years back. I don't know if you in the listening audience remember the DeAndre Hopkins trait. I remember. It was big news. Sitting um, right next that, to you reading the Peter King column about it. <laughs> that morning, we, uh, it, at some point during the show that morning, we had read this little blurb uh, by Peter King. Do you have it in front of you? I don't okay. have the Hopkins blurb. I've okay. got this blurb from this time oh, okay. around. So the little Hopkins blurb, and I was like, what? Oh, Peter King, this is beneath you. Just throwing out clickbait like this, this hint that somehow keep an eye on DeAndre Hopkins. And then, boom, uh, I'm, I'm taking my walk after the show, yep. half an hour after the show was over, and I get this text from you. Check Twitter. Yeah. Kids, it was called Twitter back then. Yeah, check Twitter. Yeah. While COVID was spreading rampantly throughout the world, like that was that was our last oh, day that's in right. studio. That, yeah, we were trying to figure. That was the last day we were in that studio. Was, I believe so. Like the, I mean, it was that week. It was March it was 15th. right around then. Yeah. yeah, it was March fifteenth, somewhere or March seventeenth or something. Um, what a here, crazy time to be alive. Here's what Peter King says, and you're right. This is in the exact same tone as the Hopkins stuff. I suppose the Bears are going to trade the top pick. I know nothing, but that seems to be the way the wind is blowing. <laughs> I know nothing. I know nothing, but that seems to be the way the wind is blowing. And then it goes on to talk about all the things that Ryan Poles could do and all the picks that he could put. And it is true, man. Like if, you, if you're if you not totally sold on Caleb Williams and you feel decent about Justin Fields, well, man, why not? Move down, move down again, pick up a bunch of picks. Yeah, yeah. They view him as a hero in Chicago, Ryan Poles, right now because he's got the first pick in the draft, and it's not their pick. It's Carolina's pick. I was surprised that uh, I was surprised that Chicago people haven't grown weary of it yet. I guess it's always the promise of what's to come. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yep. John Lopez is here. John, we decided. Hi, there. Hi. How are you? I'm all right. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, Sean called. Uh, Sean's Sean's trying to call an armistice here on our on our yeah our low just, key feud. I, I just I, I mean I think I think there's well then why did he shove me? I did well. It was it was a playful shove, was it? Should have did what HR said. said. He beat the <laughs> beat the snot out of Bill earlier. Yeah. <laughs> Bill Powell, yeah, for his U of H tickets. Oh, okay. Um, so uh, yeah, I decided yesterday after listening to your retort mm-hmm. that that um, there are certain things I think I think we agree on more than is probably being portrayed in all this. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least in terms of maybe not the actual names, but in terms of the level of aggressiveness Correct. with which the Texans should operate. Um, but we're operating our two shows, and I guess now the drive as well, since they're Ron in through his nameless salvo. That was hilarious. Seemingly at us. <laughs> People, um, yeah, fans. He, like, he put his hands over his eyes and threw a grenade. Like I think that went towards Payne and Pendergast. Um, but we're we're operating off of sound bites from each other, and I mm-hmm. think there can be some mischaracterization going on, mm-hmm. such as you saying at the end of the show that Dieter Iceland, that I think Dieter Iceland is going to prevent them from making a big name signing. <laughs> I didn't say that. So we're we're, we're going to at least temporarily put our weapons down until, okay. until we can have a full roundtable on this on okay. these topics. Um, I never signed on for any of that. No, no, I, 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 and I know that John is is not mad at us. He's just disappointed. Uh, I, I I am, yeah. uh, but I'm also uh, I'm just kind of uh, honored that I gave the the station so much content. 
Yeah, it was good. <laughs> yeah. It was the word epitome. That was the trigger word, I it think. Will? Yeah. We were the epitome of something. If the word fits. Okay, okay. Well, now I'm trying to put my weapons down, and here comes John over the top rope. Yeah, that was uh, that was fun yesterday, man. How you but feeling? I'm great, yeah. man. I am fantastic. What are you hoping to hear from D'Amico Ryans today? Yeah, I w- look, he's not going to say particulars, uh, but I think position value is going to be one that's Ooh. really important to me. Okay. That's a that's a that's a constant at uh, combine press co- press gatherings. Like staple, you know, yeah, it yeah. is. It's a staple. Like you know, where do you see the value in this draft? Those are hints. Okay, uh, those are hints, and yeah. especially when you combine that with the fact that at the very end of the season, after the the playoff game, he talked about the trenches. He talked about the defensive line in particular. So maybe you can get a little bit of, uh, and we're going to be playing that on our show. Uh, you can get a little bit. Of yeah, insight. you guys are running it live. Right? Yes, uh, you can get a little bit of insight on that uh, as well. So that that's that's number one. Okay, mm-hmm. and then he's going to be asked questions that he's not going to answer. Uh, you know, about the free agents. Yeah, I think I, we were saying our, our hope is that he he gets asked about some of the Texans' existing free agents, mm-hmm. and within what I'm sure will be glowing things to say about all of them, because mm-hmm. I don't think D'Amico's going to go saying bad things Correct. about people. Read to the degree to which he says good things about them. Yeah, he does speak in code a lot. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So j- try to try to read into mm-hmm. try to read into. Uh, into what D'Amico's saying there. Yeah. That should be good. No, it should be fantastic, and uh, that's going to be played live. We're going to have uh, a check-in with uh, Cody Stutes as well, who's at the Combine. Oh, he's at the Combine? Yeah, he's okay. at the Combine, so we're going to check on that. So it's going to be good. Okay, yeah. And we might have to rehash a couple things. Wait, like hold on. I put the weapons down. <laughs> no, for the, for the sake of content. I got you. I know, I know. I know. That's fine. That's what we're, that's what we're here for. Yeah, exactly. All right, cool. Well, you're listening to Crosstalk, brought to you by DNM Leasing. You're listening to KLT, KLT HD2, an Odyssey station set. I will see you Manana antibodies. Antibodies. Thank you. All right, we're done. We're out of time. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.